Welcome to the Language of Ahava podcast, a podcast for families with young children. So what happens when a rabbi and an early childhood teacher walk into a podcast? I think it's going to be fun, and I'm sure it's going to be about connections. Hi, I'm Karen DeWister, and I'm the early childhood teacher. And I'm David Steinhardt. I'm the senior rabbi at B'nai Torah Congregation. Every conversation that I have with Karen is always fascinating and leads to new ideas. So joining together with Karen, making connections together is really what our goal is. I thank you because what the perspective that you bring to my world and my experiences from the Torah, from tradition, from community, um, from parenthood and grandfatherhood, it's all magnificent. So here comes our podcast. Uh, we'll be posting every other Friday just before Shabbat because we want to make these connections with you. And when you give a little ahava, you make this world a better place. I'm ready, Karen. Let's get going. Here we go. Welcome to episode number 12, The Blurring of Hanukkah and Christmas. Tis the season. Heaps of Hanukkah presents to offset Christmas FOMO. Giant Hanukkahs lighting up our yards. A Hanukkah bush in the window just behind the Hanukkah. Family pajama pics on Instagram. But that one I'm pretty sure Christmas stole from Hanukkah. Anyway, we are here to talk about how Hanukkah is changing in a culture where Christmas decorations, retailers are here in September. But I'm really guessing that the retailers are shaping some of this change because there's an awful lot more Hanukkah merch out there than ever before. So let's figure out how you're managing Christmas and Hanukkah um, in the December dilemma, in the choices you make for your families, the choices for sanity, for meaning. Um, but let me check in on my co-host, Rabbi David Steinhardt. How are you this week? It's hard to I'm believe great. Thanksgiving was a week ago. That's crazy, too. Um, well, we, you don't get much space between Thanksgiving and the holiday preparation for the end of the year. That's for sure. I'm, I'm really glad you chose this topic. There's so much in it. And the reason you chose it has to do a lot of things, not just merchandising. It's got to do with family life, interfaith families. It's got to do with where we stand as a minority in a majority culture. And I will tell you this stuff in the traditional story of Hanukkah that actually will inform this conversation, which I'll get to. But I'm really glad, Amy and uh, Rachel, that you're with us. Naomi, too, of course, I'm glad that you're with us. And I look forward to this conversation. Well, I want to introduce the guest, but Rabbi, I'm going to put you on the spot here for a second, because as some of us were chatting before the podcast, we were kind of curious if you have a bias in this. Um, you know, when I first came here 18 years ago, that that is Hanukkah, the, the Jewish Christmas, with the answers like, no, no, Hanukkah is not a major holiday. And so there was a, a huge... Um, gasp. And now over the last five to 10 years, I see my classes as families talk about traditions and choices getting a little blurry. Um, and so this is an active ongoing process for us, but you have a bias in this. You have a, um, a, a perspective on this of, of your own before we get to the Torah. Yeah, I do. I'm, I'm not, I don't know if I'm getting to the Torah, but I do have a perspective. The first is that you could ask a lot of Christians if Christmas is actually a Christian holiday, and they'll tell you 
it's been so influenced by the capitalistic market that it doesn't have anything to do with Christmas either. So I don't, I think that what we find is that there's a response to large, other large forces out there in, cult, in the culture. So we live in this materialistic world and it's driven, it's driven by things. And so we, of course, it was just a matter of time before Hanukkah would become like Christmas is and people in the Christian world are rethinking Christmas also. So that's one thing. The other thing is that um, almost every Christian family that you can name, that you know, has a Jew in it now, right? A Jewish person, because there's, because intermarriage is so prevalent. So of course, then there's going to be crossover and a desire to make Hanukkah feel a little bit like Christmas. That's another thing. And then the third thing, I could touch on these a little bit more deeply in a little while. But the other thing here is that one of the messages of Hanukkah is really about accommodation. That what, the, what happened in the very beginning is Hanukkah took on the celebration of lights that was being done by earlier cultures. The Greek culture had celebrations of life and they gave it new meaning. And so our challenge then is to give this a meaning that is reflective of our values. I love it. Yeah. And there's a lot. I mean, of course, we could spend all month, but I'm going to introduce our guests. And then for my for the all the guests, including Naomi, but especially the young moms, how all of that informs choices for your children, because as we make choices for ourselves and our and our grown up families is one thing. But when we have to explain to young children, this is what we celebrate and what we don't or how or why, it takes on a whole different sense of meaning and sometimes that anguish and fear of missing out. So I have three amazing guests. I have the Rachel Sobel, mom blogger from Wine and Cheez-Its, and um, that's W-H-I-N-E and cheese with a Z, it's.com. But um, Rachel, I think one of the reasons I was so excited to have you join us is because I think you live and breathe social media and those cultural forces coming at families all the time. Um, Our other mom is Amy Middleman, and I am very, very excited because you have a young son. And so you are just beginning this journey. But when we talked about it in class, you had mentioned that you had gone to a private Christian school in our area. And so you've had that sort of interfaith influence juxtaposition personally, and then to shape the choices you'll make for your family. And then we have Miss Naomi Gordon, our favorite Miss Naomi, who is our early childhood director here at B'nai Torah Congregation. And I know that she lives the choices as a grandmother, as a, as a mom, but she's also watched the changes in our school and our families and, and how we celebrate what we celebrate and how we are inclusive and respectful. So I, I'm very excited, but I'm going to kick it to Rachel first. How has this shaped the choices that you make for your families, your family and, and, and your worries and your anxieties and your fears and all of the above? Um, Well, you know that I am not one to follow societal rules. Like I basically, if you give me a rule, I'm going to push the envelope a little bit because I want my kids to do the same thing as they get older. So I'm probably on one side of the spectrum. But with Hanukkah, I think that it's become because of social media and all the the targeted ads you get on Facebook for the matching Hanukkah pajamas, all these things, there's a lot more inclusivity 
because of media for people who celebrate Hanukkah. For the first time in a very long time in the last several years, there's much more decorating and all kinds of things available to us that we really didn't have. And I think that's why people joked that it was Jewish Christmas because we would buy Christmas trees and call them Hanukkah bushes or whatever we did. In my house, we do a lot of fanfare because my kids do have FOMO. They do. And they have friends who are decorating giant Christmas trees and all kinds of stuff. I mean, I'm a step away from buying stockings. That's like the ledge you're going to have to talk me off of. But we do. We have a Hanukkah tree and it's all blue and silver. We stick with the Hanukkah theme. We still light our menorahs and say the appropriate prayers and honor all of the Hanukkah traditions. But we, we have a little glitz and glam to it because now it's available to us. It never was before. And my kids get excited when they walk into a store or they're on the computer or they see me on social media and they see the things that are now accessible to us. And so we're embracing it. Rabbi, do you want to respond to that before? Um... Well, let's go to Amy. Well, wait, I, I want to ask one other question for before we go to, and, and that is, how do you make it, how do you differentiate? Um, as you start bringing the glitz and glam, how do you express to your children? And lo- and you have an older child who you are giving explanations to. And well, on a pre-K, she's not so little anymore. Yeah. So it's how do you say that, but this is not Christmas. So my, my kids associate Christmas with Santa. Like that's basically the biggest differentiation. My mother really put me in a pickle because she did tell them a couple of years ago that sometimes Santa comes to Jewish kids' homes if they are well-behaved. So I... <laughs> to put the little, put a kibosh down there and tell her that that does not happen. But they really associate Christmas with the commercial side of it. They see Christmas trees and Santa and sleighs and reindeer. They understand there's a religious component, but I think for them, there's, we are such a Jewish home in terms of all the Jewish holidays, including Hanukkah that we celebrate and honor that I don't think they ever see, they, they never, that line is not blurred for them in the sense that they think we're taking on too much Christmas tradition. I think they see that we're taking Hanukkah and we're making it our own. Thanks. I will, I'll, I will respond to that before Amy. Um, I think that, you know, the key here is that it not be a Jewish Christmas, but rather all these things that you're doing to decorate and celebrate are about Hanukkah and that the kids learn the meaning of Hanukkah and they learn what, what, are, the, what are the values behind the, that which we, what we are doing. I just want to tell you, Rachel, you drew a line at, at Santa Claus. That was the like, that's your line. I, you know, I don't know why it's a line, but yeah, I feel like Santa is very Christmassy. It's not, it, we, I, I, in my mind, that is what I always associate with Christmas. And so, yes, I did. I drew a line there, but maybe I shouldn't. Well, I'm not going to tell you whether you should or shouldn't, but a little historic context will tell you that in Germany, uh, 150 years ago and a hundred years ago, Jewish families had a Hanukkah man who was equivalent to Santa Claus. And what, again, what Christians will tell you about Santa Claus is that this is a, this was developed from a pagan, a pagan ritual of this guy who was this gift giver, I guess, and then it was connected to a saint, a particular saint, and Karen can help us there. And so origins and then how meaning develops from origins is a really interesting thing. Your obligation is to make sure that none of this stuff stands for anything, but what you want it to stand for, and that is the celebration of Hanukkah. I used to say that it's not about comparing Hanukkah with Christmas. It's about, it's about comparing Christmas with Jewish celebration so that a family that observes and celebrates Shabbat and celebrates the holidays and celebrates Hanukkah, then that FOMO doesn't have to be quite as intense 
in spite of what's going on in the, you know, in our larger culture, but it's, it's there. Right. Thanks, Rabbi. Amy, choices you're making and how you feel about the big questions. Like I mentioned this to you in class, I was raised very conservative. Um, my grandparents are Holocaust survivors, and it's been very important in our family that we instill the Jewish culture and religion and, and practices and traditions in our kids to honor what our family you know, fought for and died for ultimately. Um, so in my family growing up, I never celebrated Christmas. We didn't do any Christmas trees. My dad would never allow that, even though my mom wanted to make it fun because um, everyone else was doing it. It just wasn't allowed in our home. Um, that doesn't mean that we didn't go off to our friends' houses and we didn't celebrate with them and do things outside of our house. Um, so being that I was raised that way, I originally thought that that's how I would raise my child. Fast forward a few years, you know, our family does have my cousin's husband, who's like my brother, is not Jewish. He celebrates Christmas. Their kids celebrate Christmas and Hanukkah. They're being raised both. Um, my, my brother-in-law is Hindu. So you know, Diwali is something that we teach our kids about also because of my, our, my nieces and nephews are going to be celebrating that as well. So I think what we plan to do and who knows is in our home, you know, we'll celebrate Hanukkah and teach our son that he is Jewish. And these are his traditions and his, his beliefs, if that's what he wants. And outside of his home, if he wants to partake in practice, I, I want him to do that. I want him to be immersed into culture and traditions of other people's religions, not just our own and know that there is more than just the Jewish religion. Um, but I also want him to know where he comes from and, and what his family went through for him to, you know, be here and, and continue on the Jewish religions and traditions. I think that's important that we don't forget that and mix it up. But again, he's he's one and a half. So, so I don't know. And so how have the last two Hanukkahs come, evolved for you? So we, um, are you seeing traditions come into yeah, I mean, we, we, he's helping. He like, you know, with me, everything's about cooking. I always turn back to cooking. So in terms of cooking, like, you know, he's been helping me, he helped me make latkes this year. We light the candles every night. He knows to go get a present now. Like he runs into where we're hiding them. And he gets his presents. We have a Hanukkah party. Um, we did, you know, one thing I think is different is we decorated like Hanukkah cookies um, instead of like some people do that for Christmas. So I think that was something that we kind of stole if you must, you know, from, from the Christmas traditions. Um, and yeah, we'll see. I mean, so far we're just keeping it pretty simple. We are going to be going to California, um, for Christmas and staying with my cousins who celebrate Christmas. So he has his pajamas that he's going to wear Christmas morning. I know he has a stocking in their house. He's going to wake up with his cousins and, and see how they celebrate Christmas in the morning. So that will be his first time doing that. So it's going to be interesting to kind of see how he reacts to it. And if it's something that he asks for later on, you know, now that he's becoming more alert and engaged, um, he definitely, his biggest thing is what's that. So I think that's going to be, he's going to want to know what all these things are. And I'm going to want to, we're going to want to teach him, you know, what that is, I think. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a new parent. So I'm figuring it out. It's, and, and he will lead you to the yeah. questions and right. to the answers. Rabbi, do you want to jump in here yet? Yeah, no, I think that, it becomes an issue when your kid is not grounded in Jewish ritual, Jewish practice, where there's not a strong Jewish identity. Because as I said earlier, you know, almost every Jewish family has, uh, or almost every non-Jewish family has Jews in it. Almost every Jewish family has someone who intermarried. And so the exposure is going to be there. The exposure is problematic only if your kid doesn't really know who he or she is. Yeah. So if they know that what who what they are, then these these outside forms aren't quite as significant. You know, like you are doing Hanukkah, I mean, in a real way for your kid. So um, 
that, I'm happy we're the, having the, the, the issue is the issue is really you know raising your kid in a with a firm foundation that creates an identity of being Jewish. When your identity is not secure, then you're going to obviously run to, towards the Christmas lights. And what I love about it is that it's so individual and that there is an inclusivity. And, and it's a terrible, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I felt this more than the others, and I'm going to pass it to Naomi next. But I, I think my purpose when you said you wanted to have this conversation, Rabbi, is to say our senior rabbi, our conservative synagogue community is okay with a diverse world because I think that we are not everyone is sure, am I allowed to, to open my family or to break with traditions that I might have had from my parents? Um, Rachel, were you thinking of something to add here? I, I was, I think that what Rabbi said, uh, you know, the last point he made, I think that extends to everything in parenting. You know, if you're, if you're giving your kids an identity, whether it's there's religious components or confidence components, whatever it is, that is what you're setting them up for success to own who they are and be comfortable being exposed to different things in life in general. And so I love that statement because it's true for Hanukkah and Christmas and all the other holidays, but just in general, as a parent, I think that's our job. That is what we're supposed to be doing. And you as the mom of a middle schooler who has felt the, the pressures of peers and the less than pleasantness of, of other, of, of social experiences, you know how grounded that family makes it. Yeah. Naomi, you have been a nurturer, supporter. You are holding lots of people's hands through um, celebrations and rituals. Tell us how, where, where you're think, what, what you've seen change and not change in the celebrations of Hanukkah. Well, I think um, it's funny you said 18 years ago it was like where were we versus now and I think um, I think forgive me Rabbi what one of the most important holidays I teach in the school is uh, Martin Luther King and diversity and teaching that this is who we are but that we embrace that we're all different and um, so I think at this season we see a lot of talk about same and different because we do have children in our school who um, come from multicultural homes, not even just different faiths, but different, totally different cultures. And they have different ways of celebrating. And what I love about um, what we do here is, is that we teach Judaism. We, we eat it, we sleep it, we drink it. We, we're doing Hanukkah all week. Yet when a child comes in and says, but my daddy celebrates Christmas and I want to make a Christmas card. We say, oh, well, what is your tradition in your home? Or that's, I love that you want to do something for your daddy. So we embrace that the children have these real emotions and that, they, that they're that they welcoming, but that they know that this is what I'm celebrating. And um, I have a funny story. I'm a grandma of seven. And um, I was at my grandchildren's house last week. And my grandson sat down next to me and he said to me, you know what, Nana? you're my favorite Jewish grandmother. <laughs> and I laughed, but um, he said, cause you give me the Hanukkah presents and my Mimi gives me the Christmas presents, but they know, they know, and they know that, that, you know, there's traditions that I bring to their home and we made latkes. I left before Hanukkah, but we made latkes and they know that their Mimi brings other traditions to their home and they understand um, that they are getting two different worlds. And that's what's happening with a lot of the families that we see. 
but we but the most important thing is that we give these children the foundation and to really have that that strong identity of who they are and where they come from and uh that's what we do here with our children in our school so that's your responsibility as a director of a school and that is you know and that's what you say we give our children the foundation but really I think the most important thing, Naomi, is that they're coming from a foundation. That is, it's got to be, it, this This cannot be a, a conflict that arises the day after Thanksgiving. This has got to be something that there's an awareness of all the time. We are a, a small minority in a majority culture. So then the question is, how do you create that foundation at home? Not just in terms of what you give the kids, but how do you live your lives as Jewish people in a place that affirms that we are part of a larger society. Because certainly one of the options we see is to be part of a religious community that's, that cuts itself off from, separates itself off from the rest of society. And then you don't have the level of, of, of conflict that you feel in this. But we choose not to. We wanna be in an open society and we wanna be Jewish in the open society. And so it's kind of, it's the, you know, be having a universal vision, which is what Martin Luther King does in your school and being and having a particular identity. And that's a unique Jewish thing, by the way, to be both particularistic and with a universal vision. I'll tell you a story that was something that was challenging for me. My oldest son, who's uh, 41 now, when he was like two years old, the day after Christmas, I was a rabbi in Ohio at the time. I went to the dry cleaner to pick up clothes and I brought him in with me and I sat him down on the counter and the woman behind the counter said, what's your name? His name is Avi. He said, Avi. And she said, oh, I haven't heard of a Harvey in a long time. And he said, no, Avi. He's like correcting her. And then she said, well, what Avi, what did Santa bring you yesterday? And he said, nothing. And she said to him, and this is like unbelievable. She said, well, you must have been a very bad boy. And so I had to then like say, no, um, ma'am, my son Avi's Jewish and he's proudly Jewish. And he got presents for eight nights from his Jewish parents. And I didn't mean to embarrass her, but that was like, that was an example of being in a very, you know, like a, a very Christian culture. So this woman didn't even have an idea that there was someone that might not have celebrated Christmas. We hear so many stories in class of, um, just people interactions with complete lack of awareness. So I ask all of you going forward, um, how th there seems to be a, a controversy in our culture about saying happy holidays, Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah. When Hanukkah and Christmas fall at the same time of the month, it's a little easier maybe to say, which are you celebrating? Be specific. Um, how, how do we manage the, we want people to acknowledge Hanukkah. We want to be able to say, if I don't know what you celebrate, I prefer to say happy holidays because I don't want to make an assumption. Um, Amy. Um, how I'm just thinking like what, what your story reminded me of. So when I went to college in Arizona, I grew up in Wellington and Boca and I, in my head, I wanted to kind of get out of this bubble and I wanted to go somewhere where there was a little bit more diversity and it, different people. Um, I'll, I'll never forget this. I was one of my best friends and roommate basically said to me, she didn't understand why I was going home for Thanksgiving and why I was going home for the holidays. Cause she said, Jews don't celebrate Thanksgiving. 
And I said, that's a, <laughs> it's weird. I'm American. I celebrate Thanksgiving and I'm going home for Christmas break because I celebrate Hanukkah. And she really just didn't understand that concept. And then I kind of realized, wow, I'm really not in, you know, I'm not in Boca anymore. I'm not like surrounded by Jewish people anymore. And this is kind of why I wanted to get out and, and do more, which is where it comes back to me wanting my child to also have the opportunity to have a diverse um, upbringing because I don't want him to just only know Judaism. Um, I want him to be able to understand other people's religions and traditions and holidays. And yeah, I think we're, we live in a society where outside of where we live, you know, actually live here. Um, not many people experience Judaism. You know what I mean? And it, it, you don't realize it because you're surrounded by so many people where we grow up and where we're raising our kids. But when you actually step outside of, you know, certain areas, you, you do realize like we are the minority and it's really important for us to kind of explain that to our child as well, that their religion is the minority. Um, and I think that's going to be like a little bit of a challenge, um, having them grow up around the same people. So I think it's important in schools, you know, as Naomi was saying that you encourage the diversity that are in the families that are in the school, even though we are sending our children to Jewish schools and we want that Jewish education, it's nice for them to know and be around other kids that are mixed families. Um, and explaining that that's normal, you know, that's a, a new normal really. Cause back in the day, I don't think we really are like, I know my parents, that was really unheard of. It took my grandmother a really long time to digest you know, other people coming into her Jewish family that didn't own up to her traditions and her beliefs. Um, so it was, our family was kind of, it opened up our family's eyes a little bit more, her eyes specifically, um, to the diversity that, you know, we live in. Rachel, Merry Christmas. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny, and I agree with every word that Amy just said. It's so true. And I had a similar experience in the first part of my life when I lived in Tampa after I graduated college. Um, it was the first time I'd celebrated Hanukkah as an adult without my parents buying gifts. And I had to go get a menorah. And I went into Bed Bath & Beyond in Tampa. And there were no menorahs. And I asked, do you have any menorahs? And they said, what's that? And I had never, and there's a big Jewish community in Tampa. So it's not like there aren't Jewish people there, but I had never been met with that level of ignorance because I too grew up in South Florida where it feels a little more insular because there are such big Jewish communities. I had never experienced that before. Um, and so with the whole Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, you know, I try not to put too much stock in the words. I think that people genuinely try to do the best they can and they get flustered because nobody knows what to say. And so I'm not one of those people who gets offended if someone says Merry Christmas to me. I just say you too. I don't give them the lesson and say, oh, I'm Jewish and I celebrate Hanukkah because I don't know that it would necessarily change their behavior, but it doesn't get under my skin that much. I think it's more the commercial side of it that people are celebrating. I don't think they're trying to offend you necessarily by not acknowledging that you're Jewish. That being said, if I'm in a situation and it's the middle of Hanukkah and someone says Merry Christmas to me, I will say, oh, thank you so much, but we're Jewish and we celebrate Hanukkah just so that my kids see the example of standing up for yourself, your religion, and making sure that people know who you are and what you represent. But I think that we have to focus less on the verbiage that's being used and more on the overall acceptance of different religions and cultures and, and the bigger picture. It's not always about the words. It's such Merry Christmas is just what people say because they're conditioned to say it. And I just don't think we're going to live in a world where everyone is default to saying Happy Hanukkah. That's not going to happen. So I default to Happy Holidays. But if someone says Merry Christmas to me or my kids... I'm, it's it's not one of those things that makes me feel less Jewish, and Rachel. and that's an interesting con, com, 
um, distinction that you're okay with your children hearing it where, where uh-huh. I might for a child want to clarify. Um, so it, but again, it's, yeah, I, it, I don't think there's a right or wrong. No, and um, I think it goes back to the identity piece that rabbi mentioned before my kids know they're Jewish. If someone says to them, Merry Christmas, they're not questioning their faith. They're not going, oh, what, what, am I any, you know, they're not. It's because it's starting at home with what we're instilling in them. And we have very open conversations that the majority of the world celebrates Christmas. That's why we see so much of it. That's why we see, you know, pictures of Santa and sleighs and reindeers and PJs everywhere. We're getting there slowly but surely, but we're always going to be the minority. That's just who we are. They know they're Jewish. They know we celebrate Hanukkah. And so I also don't want it to offend them. I don't want them to be the kids who are walking around correcting everyone saying, no, 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 I'm Jewish. We only say happy Hanukkah. I feel like we all have to just kind of accept each other and learn together and leave room for error. I think Rachel, that reflects uh, your emotional maturity. So that (laughs) is, you don't have, you know, you don't have to correct people when they make mistakes all the time. You understand where it needs, needs a corrective and where you just can let it go. It might have to do with time, might have to do with place. It might have to do with whether or not your kids are with you. And so that, you know, so it's, it's really, it takes that discernment and that discernment is really about you being comfortable. And again, not being reactive or defensive, et cetera. You know, we can teach people uh, important lessons when we let them know that we're different and look at us, you know, we're the same, but we're different. And so I think that that reflects your emotional maturity. And I think I wish everybody had it because there's some Jews that are willing to battle every time Mary comes out of someone's mouth, you know? Yeah, it's true. It's not necessary. What if it was reversed? What if, you know, you started going up to people that you assumed were Jewish and you said, happy Hanukkah, but they weren't Jewish. Would you think that they, they would, they would correct you. They'd probably say, you know, no, I celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas. So I'm just curious as to like, if we just started walking around saying happy Hanukkah to everybody, like everyone says, Merry Christmas, yeah. how would people react? <laughs> They would look at us like we're crazy. Right. <laughs> or they would have no idea and they would say thank you. Well, so, I think uh, for me, the no. question was with a minority culture, um, what the response, we understand it's, it's, we want to participate and remain true to right. ourselves. Yeah. But I also felt like as the minority culture, there's a responsibility to, to be visible versus um, to Educate. blend. Um, and and so um, it, it's it's a very tricky situation, I think, because we're we, I think the whole drama here is about inclusivity, but still having strong Jewish identity. Um, so that because we're trying to protect and preserve and be open, and so it's it, it's a wobble. It's always a wobble. I, think. Yeah, we, I was in Costco yesterday with Julian and, and we were standing in a huge line and I had a bunch of like books and stuff for like kids. And someone was like, oh, you're getting a lot of Christmas presents. And I like, I just were standing in line. So I just was like, yeah, no, yeah, these are his Hanukkah presents. And, and they, they didn't say anything, but you know, they were older and I didn't want to get into it, but I did actually, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I did say these are actually his Hanukkah presents um, or Hanukkah oh, presents for whoever. I didn't like, you know, it just kind of naturally came out of my mouth. Normally I just kind of go with the Merry Christmas and the same thing as Rachel was saying, I'm not like correcting people, but you know, I just, it just happened where I just said, yeah, these are his Hanukkah presents and they, they didn't really say anything. But that's it's what like, I was saying about place and time. That might've been right. really appropriate to say at that moment. So. Yeah. Can I raise another issue, Karen? Yes, please. Okay. So uh, my son recently did his own podcast with his Louis puppet. He spoke about uh, black 
what's called Black Friday, right after Thanksgiving. And he gave a different spin on it. And he spoke about the following. These holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas and Hanukkah, there's such a buildup for them, such high expectations. And all the messaging that you see on television is all about being together with family and everything looks so wonderful and so perfect that you're all wearing the same pajamas on the couch, loving each other so much. Most people don't have that experience. For a lot of people, Thanksgiving is pretty lonely. For a lot of people, Thanksgiving is alienating, even though the holiday is beautiful, but they don't necessarily have that embracing family or that experience. And similarly with Christmas, a lot of people are not really there with their families or with Hanukkah. And so what he was saying about Black Friday is it's corporate America's way of filling people's emotional hole. And so what we're going to do is, you know, you don't feel good about really important stuff here, but you're going to shop. You know, you're going to have things. And the more things you have, the better that you're going to feel about yourself. And that more attention needs to be played, paid towards the human values that we really hold dear. So last night we had our Hanukkah celebration here. And what we chose to focus on was the TLC program and the work that our families have done over the past month to help people who are in need and people who are underserved. And that's really an important thing to think about with Hanukkah. That is, you can't just keep throwing gifts at your kids for eight nights. You got to have your kids understand that these, that this, these come from someplace. You have to have your kids understand there are other people who may not get those gifts, that we could do a project together, that we can help other people, and that the gifts are not just in the materialism of this world. So we make it, we have to, we have to kind of hone in on the spiritual message, the historical ideas, but also the human responsibility that comes with this celebration. Thank you. I think that's our perfect wrap up. I know that there's a ton more to say, um, but we'll end with happy Hanukkah. And um, happy Hanukkah. And if there are any really, non Jewish partners that are watching this, happy holidays, Merry Christmas to you, <laughs> but happy Hanukkah to all of our Jewish friends. Yeah. And as always, you, always, you guys always give us hope for a very bright future with a lot of Ahava. Take care, everybody. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today, for being part of this moment, for being part of these Ahava connections, and for trying to give a little Ahava to one another. Thank you to my co-host, Rabbi David Steinhardt, for always adding timeless wisdom and a meaningful connection to our world and to this podcast. Thank you, B'nai Torah Congregation, for being our community of support and a place to share with one another. You hold us together in a world that is too often pulling us apart. Thank you to Cantor Magda Fishman for your voice, your whistling, your song, and the soul that you bring to everything you do. If you don't know Cantor Fishman, please check her out at B'nai Torah Services. You will be transformed and inspired. Finally, thank you to the Jewish Federation of South Palm Beach County for helping to fund this Ahava podcast and Ahava Nature Shabbat. And to our Ahava Malahim, our angels, the families who also help underwrite these Ahava projects. For more information about B'nai Torah Congregation, the website is btc.org.
boca.org. You can also find me, Karen Deerwester, at familytimeinc.com. Until next time, Shabbat Shalom and give a little Ahava. Take care. When you give a little Ahava, when you give a little love, you see, you make this world a better place, a much better place to be. When you give a little Ahava, when you give a little love, you'll see, you'll make this world a better place, a much better place to be. You'll make this world a better place, a much better place to be.